This is Ron Thurston, and we're live in Miami with Phil Denny. Welcome to Retail in America. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing. This podcast is part of the Retail in America tour in an Airstream trailer, my year-long journey to discover these incredible retail heroes all across the country, celebrating our retail culture, community, and careers. Every episode will be recorded in person, like a conversation around the campfire, telling stories, sharing what inspires us, why we love what we do, and always with a sense of retail pride. Today we are on stop number two of the tour in Miami, Florida. But before we get started, I wanna thank the three important title sponsors fueling the Retail in America tour and this podcast. Spotify Advertising. Spotify is the number one podcast platform in the US with over 380 million monthly active users around the globe, over half of which are supported on the ad platform. Spotify Advertising will help you reach and target your audience across devices, locations, and formats. Ubic, over 300 companies in 80 countries trust Ubic to drive their retail performance at scale, get real-time visibility into multi-location business execution, digitized task management, and consistent digital mobile learning for their teams. And KWI, KWI is the industry's only true turnkey omni-channel platform for specialty retailers. With over 35 years of experience, let KWI help you execute flawlessly with the features that matter most, including endless aisle, clienteling, mobile checkout, inventory management, e-commerce, and more. The links to learn more about all three of these great brands will be in the show notes. And with that, let's get started. All right, I would love to introduce everyone to another retail rock star, Phil Denny. Phil was born and raised in North Carolina where his career began, but now lives here in sunny South Florida. Like many people we all know, Phil found his way into retail by chance, from starting in the stock rooms of a home decor store to managing teams across a continent for Reese. He finds his inspiration from the fantastic people working throughout the field. Phil loves retail and can talk endlessly about commercial reports, but those that have been part of his team know his true focus is always on people. He helps every individual realize their role in the bigger picture and shares his journey as an example to show how everyone can become a success. Phil's also a classical musician who studied piano and voice and is an active member of the Master Choral of South Florida. And with all of that, Phil, welcome to Retail in America. Thank you, Ron. Happy to be here. Glad that you're here and to do this together. So we met through your boss, Emma mm -hmm. Taylor, and Emma and I met I think actually right in the beginning of the pandemic through the Retail Hive. Yes. Um, and we were doing a lot of Zoom calls. How should we manage this? What are you doing, Ron? Mm -hmm. And then we figured out that we were neighbors in downtown New York in the financial district. And she and I became friends. And then I met you. And, and here we are. Here we are yes. in Miami. <laughs> in Miami. <laughs> I always like to start, you know, because this is retail in America and we're here in the city, what is Miami retail? Resilient is probably a word that's been thrown around a lot over the past few years with retail. But I think 
Miami resiliency is different. We've had a very different experience to a lot of other cities in mm. North America lately. Um, the pandemic did happen here, but I think we got through it in a very different way to some of our other cities across America. Um, it's very diverse. You have a diverse population. You have a diverse workforce. You have many languages in and out of the stores. It's something that I think we're very proud of. When I was in stores in South Florida, I used to talk about it being the window to South America. That's what I used to be most proud of was it wasn't always about that New York flagship or that L.A. boutique, but we had a voice for what South America would see for the country um, and for the brand. So I'm, I'm very proud of working in Miami mm -hmm. and having a career here. Wow. And do you find most of your teams are local Miami or from all over the world? All over the world, really. I think there is a, a local population, but through the past decade that I've been here, I think the growth of Miami has been a slow burn over the past 10 years, then has just gone out of control. The growth that we've seen then with the likes of Miami Design District or Brickell City Center, you now really are hitting every sort of demographic, every shopping destination, you're just seeing this huge influx of not only tourists and traffic, which has always been here in Miami, but now a real presence of retail and focusing on these guys the same way we look at a Fifth Avenue or a Rodeo Drive. You know, now Miami Design is, is up there and people are building their top tier flagship level stores here in South Florida, which is very exciting. Very exciting. And so many then careers Absolutely. have been made in my, including yours, but many careers outside of New York. This is a city that you can thrive in retail. Absolutely. I'm very proud of that. I think for a while it was always, well, this is how you get to New York. This is how you get to New York. This is how you get to New York. And now we get to say, oh, come down to Miami. We're here. Come pay attention to us a little bit. So I think you did have a lot of truly talented retail people coming in from international, coming in from New York, wanting to experience mm -hmm. something different. So it's a very diverse place. Which makes a really exciting way to lead teams. Yes. Who all have different expectations, have different ideas of what success in retail can be. Absolutely. So take us through a little bit more about your background. Like you said, born and raised in North Carolina and started my career there in retail uh, part-time. I think like many of us, it was that summertime job. I had just started college and I wanted to make money. I knew that the restaurant world was not for me. That's not something I was passionate about. But what I did want to do was be an interior designer. That was my original mm. aspiration and goal. So I found myself at Potter Barn in South Point Mall in Durham in the stock rooms. I would take anything to go work at Pottery Barn. And that's where I really got my foot in the door. How old were you? I was 18. So was there for a bit. I stumbled upon a client who was building his house and didn't know at the time that he was also trying to recruit me to come work for a different company. And that was Urban Outfitters. So through him building his home and being a client of mine at Pottery Barn, um, found my way over into fashion retail with Urban. And that's where things really took off for me. I made a lot of very fast decisions. I moved several states, several times in the course of very few years, and eventually found my way down to Florida in Miami with Urban Outfitters. When Topshop was building their flagship in Miami, I went over to those guys to help them 
sort of established their Florida market and their Florida footprint, and then found my way to Reese, another UK retailer. Mm-hmm. This one feels like a very, very happy home. So tell us a little bit more about your current role as the regional manager for all of North America. It's an exciting role. I think a lot of my experience has been across the Southeast United States, obviously being born in North Carolina, working across North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, most recently then in Florida. But what I was excited about was to take that knowledge that I have of this market and spread that across the continent. I think it is rare for someone in my position to get to live in sunny Florida, and I don't take that for granted. (laughs) But it's also been really empowering, I think, as part of my journey and my story to show that it is possible. Be the best. Don't let them ignore you. And you don't have to go and move to this city. You don't have to do that. If You can truly do this job and be an inspiration for people everywhere if you're proud of what you do. That's amazing. When did you become a multi-store leader? Because you're sitting in a role today that many store mm-hmm. managers, assistant store managers aspire to move into multi-role. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that transition. I transitioned into multi-site roles with Urban Outfitters. So I was a store manager of a mid-tier volume store, and that's where I really began moving around. I knew I wanted to make that climb. I knew I wanted to be multi-site. And so any opportunity that I got, I said yes. So it was, great, do you want to move to Charleston, South Carolina? Yes, I'll go great, we want you back in Durham, go now. Yes, I'll be there. And each time it was adding more to my plate in terms of volume, team size, experience. I stepped into then Aventura, which at the time I took it was one of their like top five North American doors. And with that was also then in their training store manager program. So I helped then roll out the training guidelines to other stores and developing the tools and processes for multi-site roles, be that scheduling templates or commercial best practices or VM, really then owning that market as a multi-unit manager. How did it feel when you first took on a multi-store role? It was a transition, for sure. Part of what you do, you're so proud of those four walls, and you want to be the best. And so then it's that role of, how much do I want to share? You know, what do I want to share with others? But I think as I stepped into that, it was finding what my place in the bigger picture was and how I could be an influence for the company as a whole and less about what I was able to control in those four walls, but what we could really then stand for on a bigger picture. So it was a a, a huge step up. I could go back and redo it. I think I would do it in a very different way where I think I, I threw myself into the fire very quickly in a lot of things and it was having to learn on the fly. But also I'm quite proud of that as well because it's been a lot of experience. And when I do go into stores now in this multi-site capacity. I've done every role. I've worked the stockroom. I've been the VM. I've been a floor manager. I've been the assistant. You know, I, I know what each of them are going through. And so I do think that helps with, with how I lead teams today. No, no doubt about that. And just in the spirit of retail pride, what are you most proud of now of your your retail career? I think two things. One is just what we were speaking there a little bit is I do come from stores. I come from that background. And it's a story that I think is inspirational for people. You know, like you mentioned, people that may be listening to this that that want to take those steps forward. It is possible and you can do it. I think the other thing that I'm proud of is 
the people development and the impact, even if it's just been small, the impact that I've been able to have on another person. I've seen people that started with me seasonally. I've seen people that started with me as their first time management role that now run multi-million dollar businesses or run their own areas. Some of them have positions larger than mine these days, but what it was that I was able to either spark a bit of joy or have some bit of an impact on their journey through their retail career is something I'm very proud of. Yeah. What is your biggest challenge? I think one of the biggest challenges is having that energy and that passion at 100 every single time you step into a store or onto a sales floor. I think people you know, from the outside, they say, oh, it's just retail. They don't then realize how much physical work goes into that and how you can be so exhausted and appear like you're completely fine. So it is a bit of that stage where we have to step onto it. So some of my times, I remember when I was with Urban as sort of that multi-site manager, training store manager, it was Black Friday and the store in Savannah, Georgia didn't have a manager. I drove down to Savannah, set them up for three days, drove home on Thanksgiving to go work a midnight shift in the flagship store in, in Durham. And But you can't let any of that go, right? You then are leading a team of 100 at midnight to have their biggest day of the year. So some of that physical exhaustion, I think, is something that is part of it. And I remember early Topshop days Mm -hmm. where you were part of it, the traffic, the people, the size and scale of those businesses. Absolutely. I mean, were really overwhelming. How did you lead that? There's a bit of empathy and there's a bit of having to realize that work-life balance is real and you need to exude that as the leader, but you also need to understand that as the teams. I want to be an example that work-life balance is important, so I'm not going to work myself to the bone. I'm not going to be that person that works so hard that then they crumble. I have to be that model of this can be done in this way. Um, so in allowing those teams to see that and to see that you are human and that you have things that go on, um, being able to to break down those walls a little bit and show that it isn't all just fake in that show and the smoke and mirrors, but there is a human side to this as well. It's not smoke and mirrors, yeah. even though it's a show. Yeah, exactly. It's very real. Very real. It's very real. Yeah. Your background's interesting, similar to mine. You were in home you are mm-hmm. in in kind of entry price point fashion. Mm-hmm. You are in fast fashion world at Topshop. Now you're more on the luxury fashion side. When I look at that, it really helped round out my skills. Mm-hmm. They didn't stay in one particular category. But I also think listeners could say, I only want to be in one segment. I want to stay in home or I want to stay in fashion. And I actually encourage people to try all kinds of different Absolutely. parts of this business. It sounds like it worked really well for you. Absolutely. I also had a stint there for a bit with Gucci, with like high-end luxury, something completely different to what was the fast fashion of like an Urban Outfitters or a Top Shop, then stepping into that world where it's a different market. But I do remember my leader in that store on my first day with Gucci, she was saying, you know, how are you feeling? And I very, you know, humbly admitted a bit nervous. I knew that I could go do any fast fashion job. I could do that with my eyes closed. That is my background. That is what I know how to do. And even someone who's been a retail professional for quite some time, stepping into that luxury world, I was a bit timid or a bit nervous about that. And she sat me down in the office and she said, it's just retail. It, it's it's still retail. You know how to do this. So I do encourage everyone to be proud of whatever your background is, be that from the fast fashion or from decor, or if you've got your start in luxury, 
we all do work um, in very similar ways. We are all very passionate about the same things. So that was a really great conversation and it helped set me on a good foot on my first day. That's great. And what great advice mm-hmm. you know, for her mm-hmm. to give you that too. How does your classical music training play into your leadership? Oh, every day is a stage. Every single day. The curtain opens and I'm on. I do think that has helped me in my career. I think that helped speed up my career a lot, where whether you're in front of a client, you're in front of a team, you're in front of a CEO, a director, being able to be very confident. I don't think many people could get on a stage and sing in front of a thousand people or 5,000 people. I think that takes a, a lot of nerve and a lot of guts. So if I know I can do that, I know I can speak, I know I can talk. It's just that energy. I also think with performing, I always used to say, you have about 30 seconds to capture whether or not they're going to pay attention to you. And I think that's very true in retail as well. It, you have to be on at all times. Now, sometimes I get home and I'm exhausted and then I lay on my couch <laughs> and I don't want to speak to anyone <laughs> because it's been on. We've all been on, there. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, but it, it, it is that. I think that's very cliche to say, but the world is a stage. But I think in retail, in these positions, certainly the one that I'm in now, my job, I can teach VM, I can teach commercial reports, I can teach that. I am there to be that inspiration for them to want to continue to be doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you leave it all on the floor. Oh, absolutely. I, I can tell. Probably every day with you in a store, you just give everything you have. Those are my best days, though. I feel like we, when you're in those store teams, a lot of times, you know, you're wanting to get to that Monday to Friday, that nine to five. Your friends are out on the weekend or, you know, they're able to go out on Friday night, but that's your busiest. So you're working. And I think you go so hard being like, oh, as soon as I get that district position or that regional position, I can work that Monday to Friday. Now... My best days are back in stores. I love being in a store. It is where I find my inspiration. I don't think you can run a business behind a computer screen. I don't believe that. You have to be out on that floor. You have to see what the teams are experiencing. And that's where I find that passion and drive to keep going is being in the field. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Who continues to inspire you? How do you keep going? How do you be Phil every day? I think it's those teams. I think I get the energy that I have is 100% then reciprocated from them. They are my source of that energy. I see what they are doing and the hours that they put in. And I have to then give that back to them as well. Mm -hmm. And are there any particular stories of people on your journey who are really inspiring? I think one of the people that's been most inspirational for me on my journey was someone that stepped into their first assistant store manager role with me. It was at my time at Urban Outfitters. His name's Raul. And when I took the store, he was a department manager. And as soon as I walked in, I could just see something about him that radiated with me. I picked up on his vibe. I picked up on his energy. And I knew that there was more for him to do. And I think previously had maybe been overlooked or, you know, they wanted external energy, etc. And I was then put into this position of being a GM of a very high profile store to then find who my number two would be. And there was something about Raul that I just kept going to. Now he's one of those that is running top volume stores that's overperforming. He's on his own journey. We did follow each other there for a little bit. So when I left Urban, he and went to Topshop, I brought him with me. He's one of those people that um, 
any chance I could, I would bring him with me. But when we left Topshop, that was the time that I told him, it's time for your journey. It's time for you to go find yours. And I really encouraged him to go be his own leader step out from underneath me and go do it. And boy, is he doing it these wow. days. Wow. Yeah. Are you in contact with him? Absolutely. Um, so he's still here at local. So when I'm t- touring the Miami market and touring the stores, we'll go grab lunch. I'll go see him in his store. It's great to kind of catch up with where he is, but he's doing such an incredible job. And I think it is, it's that energy piece. It's that vibe piece that really resonates with me and teams. And, and he was what it stood out. How do you teach someone to identify that spark. I think as leaders, mm-hmm. it's really our responsibility to find those people that you could see their potential. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. Yeah. How do you teach that? Oh, I think it's a hard skill to teach, but I think it's getting out of your head and like trusting your heart, trusting your gut a little bit. We are an energy and I think you can pick up on those vibes with people and really trusting your gut that in retail, you may not have the background, you may not have you know, you might not be able to check all the boxes, but there's a lot of retail that can be taught. You cannot teach energy. You cannot teach passion. You cannot teach the willingness to want to do something. Those are the things that you have to look for, those characteristics. I can teach you how to read a report all day long. I can talk to you about color theory and what should go together and and why VM looks this way. I cannot teach you to be passionate about what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think don't, overlook those that have those innate skills to engage with you because if they can engage with you they can engage with a client they can engage with a team they can engage with anyone so it's really picking up on those skills Mm -hmm. is there something you would tell your younger self about the career you have today and i'm sure will continue to have as i alluded to a bit earlier i would say maybe slow down for a minute i made some very rash i don't, I don't believe you know how to do that <laughs> i don't know that i know how to slow down either but looking back at it when i was 18 19 20 i was making huge life decisions picking up moving my whole life to a different city when i moved to miami i'd never lived here i'd never visited here and i said yeah i'll move to miami let's go so a bit more caution but also um i wouldn't change it for the world i think that that has really propelled me and and has given me great life experiences to get where I am today. And thinking about the just greater retail industry, now you're leading all of North America. Mm -hmm. So not only do you have to be incredible at people, Mm -hmm. but the technology aspects, new ideas, testing and learning. What about the industry excites you today? I think what excites me about the industry, and certainly after the past two years as we've come through the pandemic, as I think there's really a streamlining of what we can do in retail. It's people first. It is people first. And I think for a while there, some brands got really confused about who their target audience was or what they wanted their shopper to be, or it was all about the bottom line and this number. And I think the past two years have truly humbled the retail industry and have shown that the people and the people that are in the stores are the heartbeat of what we do. And I think that we will forever be impacted by what's happened. I don't see us going back to those days where it's just, you know, putting cash in the tills. That's not what we're about anymore. And I'm very excited about what these next few years of retail can be, where this lesson I think has been learned from from everyone in the industry. And you had mentioned earlier, you said Reese feels like a really great fit mm-hmm. for you. What's so special about Reese? What is your your pitch when you're recruiting? It is people first. 
it is all about the people. I think going back to, you know, some of what we've said in this is finding that energy, finding that vibe. Um, it really is something that feels like a family to me. Emma won't mind me say, I talk to Emma probably a few hours a day like this. You know, she's my boss, but also she's somebody that I want to talk to. I want to keep her informed in terms of what's going on in my life. And I know I have that same relationship with my area managers out in the fields. It, it's a place where um, it's work, but it doesn't feel like work. It's a fun environment. And I think that it takes that culture piece from the top to say, this is what we stand for and this is why we lead this way. Stepping away from Gucci and going to Reese has been a bit of a controversy sometimes. Sometimes people ask, oh, you've left a caring brand. They're so well known for how they treat their people. And they absolutely do. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. But I think what I also find at Reese is that familiar spirit. Wow. And that's very appealing as you're recruiting candidates. Mm -hmm. It's large enough and diverse enough to be really interesting. The product's beautiful, mm -hmm. but the idea of an environment that really fosters people yeah. and development and career development. And it sounds like you're very invested in that. And we're able to be bold. Even from the top, we have that sort of permission to be that entrepreneur. They really trust in their people. I know that the UK team trust in me and Emma to run this North American business. I also will trust my leader in Florida to run the Southeast. I will trust Jamie out on the West Coast to run that market. It's about them being bold and making decisions. And it's not about being a compliance officer or checking a box. It's not about my vision. I'm there to help you. But those people are the ones that are out in the field doing that. And I, that's what I tell them about their stores as well. The experts should be that store manager. It's not you. Don't go in there and tell them what to do. Listen to them and figure out what, what you need to do to support. It's definitely been a shift. I like the phrase fewer and better things. I think in terms of product, processes, like everything we're doing, I think now there is such a specialty market for everything that retailers can hone in on what it is that they want to focus on. And it's not always about having more, more, more. It really is define what you're really good at and what you're really passionate about and chase those and be the best. That's a motto that I've lived by. My dad is one that has inspired me through my career. He said to me, I don't care what you do. Like, it doesn't matter if you're the doctor or the lawyer. Pick whatever it is and be the best at it. And so I think in retail now, it is about really defining what product you want to be known for, what service level you want to be known for, finding those things and fine-tuning them to the point of perfection, I think is is really exciting. Mm -hmm. And in the spirit of, of retail pride, as we wrap this up, you think about empathy and curiosity mm -hmm. and focus as the pillars that I write about as retail success. Mm -hmm. Is there one that is a towering pillar to you that no matter what, this is the one I'm going to win at? Empathy. Empathy. It's empathy. I think, you know, we touched on this earlier. I come from stores. I've been that person sweeping the stockroom. I've been that person stocking the shelves or, you know, first time store manager. I've done all of those things. And it really helps me to understand what an individual might be going through in a store, what they may be facing. And so I take every single day with that empathetic approach that, you know, from the outside, I can think what I want to think. But I need to listen to what they are saying and, and 
remember back to what I was feeling in some of those times and some of those roles and, and have that empathetic approach. It's hands and above is empathy for okay. me. And as you model that, mm-hmm. you're also, you're teaching it to others yes. that may not have had that same experience. Exactly. And when you see that done really well, I speak about this often, the idea is some of that skill you can't read in a book or experience in a workshop. Mm-hmm. You actually need to observe someone coaching, listening, learning how to lead with empathy, and it sounds like you teach that often. And you said a very important word, listening. I think it is so much, we often talk a lot, we're sitting here talking on a podcast, I talk a lot in my job, but listening is so crucial to what we do as leaders. I think that's a really key point. Yeah, agreed. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Phil. Great. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you, Phil Denny, for being on the show today, and to all of you for listening. Please subscribe, review, and then share this podcast with everyone you know in retail. Go to retailpride.com or follow me on Instagram at retailpride to see all of the details about the Retail in America tour and all the other media links. Contact me directly to nominate a retail hero for this podcast, host a retail networking or book signing event in your city, or just say hello. Keep your retail pride strong, and I will see you on the road.